Full Court Fits is The Ringer's new weekly NBA video series hosted by Big Waz, aka Wozni Lambre. Each week, we take you around the world of NBA fashion and share can't-miss style choices from your favorite players and keep you up to date on the latest news and releases in sneaker culture. Waz also talks to experts like Damian Lillard's personal stylists to give you behind-the-scenes looks at how the NBA's biggest stars choose their outfits. New episodes drop every Friday, so make sure you're subscribed to The Ringer's YouTube channel at youtube.com slash The Ringer so you never miss an episode. My Eagle enthusiasts, it's Fairway Rollin' presented by FanDuel. Major season is here and you can get in on all the long drives, big putts, and major moments with FanDuel. Check out live PGA Tour bets like longest drive, round leaders, matchups, birdie or better, and more. Plus, track every shot in the app and watch select par three holes while you place your bets. Download the app today and bet with FanDuel, the official betting operator of the PGA Tour. Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. You must be 21 years old or older and present in select states. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors with over 122 million parts from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond. eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance and with eBay guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hello, friends, and welcome to this Major Championship Victory Golf Podcast Fairway Rolling on the Ringer Podcast Network. I am your starter, Joe House, on the line, as is always the case. Our PGA Tour correspondent on the ground, our Open Championship correspondent on the ground, even though he's stateside, just like the NBC crew. This episode is brought to you by Evernorth Health Services. Costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and Evernorth is doing everything in their power to make that possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best. It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that'll benefit your bottom line. It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI. It's possible because they're already doing it all while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Nathan Hubbard is right here. Hi, buddy. He called himself the champion winner of the year. He (laughs) called it the British (laughs) Open in the same speech. And yet somehow he's the great gentleman. And I think they still love him for it. 
Those are the biggest mistakes he made all week long. Of course, we're That's talking it. about Colin Morikawa, the unflappable Colin Morikawa, record-setting Colin Morikawa, Colin Morikawa, who we now have to regard as one of the all-time greats already at this very early juncture in his career because he's doing things that haven't been done since Bobby Jones, nobody, and we're going to run through a whole vast array of superlatives because they all fit. Nobody has won two consec- two, two majors in, in their debut uh, in the same uh, year, um, and I guess this is his calendar year uh, uh, since Bobby Jones, right? Uh, I might be slightly messing that up, but the first yes, time he played you- the PGA Championship, he won, and the first time he played the Open Championship, he won. I think that's the stat, right? Th- that's the stat. So there you go. First guy to win two in only eight tries. Yes. Uh, no bogeys over the last 30 holes. No three putts today. Though The stat that I've been seeing uh, all over the place that, that the Twitter, the tweeters love is, of course, from our homie uh, Justin Ray. Went bogey-free in the final round of both of his major wins, the only player in the last 25 years to win multiple majors with bogey free final rounds. I think that's Mm. good. I think it is. You know what, Nate? Um, It never really felt like anybody else had a chance. We were rooting for your boy. Jordan Spieth was right there, but it it required a mistake. It required the the unflappable column or cow to make a mistake. I think when we saw Jordan, I mean, the, the my lasting memory of this tournament is going to be that one and a half footer that Jordan missed on 18 on Saturday to close with two bogeys. And that was the difference here. I mean, it, as he said in the post round interview, if he's in the last group, anything is possible. He shot 66 today. Morikawa shot 66. Rom shot 66. That, you know, the, the golf course did not have the defenses up this week, to say the least. But Jordan really was the only bit of drama as, as only Jordan can do. And and that was in a head banging. Oh shit moment where you just knew when he missed that putt that today, I mean, you didn't, you, you couldn't believe in Louie after his post round comments yesterday, where he just said, yeah, my swing really just got loose uh, down the back nine. And I, you know, I wasn't really able to pull it together. Hopefully it'll be tighter tomorrow. That gave you the indication that he was off the heater and it was going to be, it was going to be more cow unless he fell apart. Look, the thing that's not going to be talked about is Morikawa missed some shorties on Thursday and Friday. Yep. He could have won this tournament by five or six if he'd converted a few more putts. And I got a little bit anxious watching him that we were seeing the same old thing, which is absolute flushing striking of the ball and some really shaky putting, even as he moved to that saw grip, which down the stretch today, as you said, could not be shaken. He did a great job coming in of taking the drama out of this tournament. So let's talk a bit more about um, Jordan Spieth. You are an avowed Spieth truther. Uh, Is this a glass half full week for you or a glass half empty? Because you mentioned it. He said in the post-tournament interview that but for his bogey on 17 yesterday, that is Saturday, and his bogey on 18 yesterday, Saturday, both of which could have easily been pars and he absolutely could have made birdie on one of those as well. So rather than yeah. being uh it was really a three shot swing for him and that three yeah. shot swing was 
absolutely the thing that kept him out of being in the final round and the point that you made about him being, I mean, the final group and the difference for him being in the final group or not. So for you as a Spieth truther, glass half full week or glass half empty week? I think totally half full. This is the first time since 2017 that he's played a major with game that he felt like was good enough to win the tournament is what he said. And well, I happen to agree with him. It feels like he's back, uh, in all the best ways, in all of the pound your, the palm of your hand against your forehead kind of ways. But Jordan Spieth has been our most consistent golfer this year. He contended a ton. And this is just proof that under pressure, the game held up. What was our criticism of, uh, you know, of him before? He's Sunday round, Sunday round, Sunday round. He shot 66 today. I mean, it's just Morikawa played better. 11 top four finishes in, in majors now in his career. So he just keeps adding to those uh, the, the, those totals that at the end of a career, he'll look back and, and, and have a legacy that we feel like, we both feel like, will rival ultimately the all, all-time greats. Um, it is, I, I, I had the same sort of instinct as you to talk about Jordan as being the most consistent golfer this season. And then I was reminded to just take a quick look at John Rahm in majors. And he finished tied for fifth in the masters and tied for eighth at the PGA and then won the U S open and then finished today with the 66 and finished tied for third. And he absolutely had a bounce in his step. And by the way, if we give him because we're generous fellas, the benefit of winning the Memorial isn't John yeah. Rahm the, the player of the year so far in 2021. I think you have to say yes, but this is maybe why the FedEx cup really matters <laughs> because, <laughs> because there's some, there's some ties that have to be broken. I mean, you got to say it about John Rahm. He's the 26th guy to finish top 10 in all four majors. Uh, and, you know, Justin Ray put out a stat a little while ago that said there's only uh, three times in history that a guy outside the U.S. has finished eighth or better in all four majors. And it was John Rahm this year and Gary Player in 63 and 74. So it, it's a really impressive feat. And you got the sense that if this tournament was 81 holes, John Rahm was going to win. He just didn't have the opening round that he needed. And, you know, th- that's that's golf, right? But I, I agree with you that we picked John Rahm. We talked about it coming in. He was clearly the guy to beat. And there's only two guys who could do that this week, even with the round that that Rahm had on Thursday. So, uh, so kudos to him right now. He's certainly the player of the year. So w- w- one thing uh, I want to make sure we address as it relates to, to Colin Morikawa. Um, I don't, we, we did talk about him. He was 40 to one. I know. And, and, and even 30, like between 35 to one and 40 to one all the way on the, uh, until, you know, uh, <laughs> Wednesday night. He was and horrible at the Scottish until he wasn't right. He was, yeah. and then he wasn't. And he gave an interview where he talked about having a difficult time getting a feel with his irons because of the contact of, uh, you know, off that firm turf. I think he, he gave a uh, interview with like uh, Daniel Rappaport, uh, who is, I think the golf.com guy, you um, know, golf digest guy. That's right. I'm so, sorry. My bad, Danny. Uh, but you know, the, the, the Scottish open was his first time playing tournament links golf. And he said that he didn't like the way that the club moved through the turf. So 
you, you hear that, you see that he didn't have, you know, uh, he didn't go out there and go bonkers at the Scottish. So we weren't inclined. We wasn't disrespectful. Our approach to him. It's just, it required him to do something that hadn't been done really before. Uh, that's well, he, all. He put in new irons after the Scottish to try to get a different flight. So he came out of it. He, he did not play well at the Scottish, but what he said last night after his third round was there's no way I could be here if I hadn't played the Scottish to which I say the dude assimilated everything it takes to play Lynx golf in under a week. Like what is this robot that is Colin Morikawa? Now, one thing I want to absolutely be very clear about, he 10,000% validated the PGA championship that he won a fan free, surreal, very weird, weirdest major, probably, I don't know, in in history? I don't know. Very you were there. The ghost major out on on the, in the it's not called Marine Lair, uh, up there in, in just the fog. It was just Carl the Fog it was just everywhere. It was ghosty. Yes. So this so he went from that as like the string of the seven majors that we enjoyed from August of 2020. Right. So this moment right here, July 18, 2021, seven majors, and he started the run and finished the run, and a mm. lot of stuff has happened, and, and, and the circumstances are radically different. The only comment I have as it relates to him playing Lynx golf is you and I, and I think you know all the golf nuts out there would say that really wasn't exactly what we would expect out of Lynx golf. That was, you know, the the most benign version of a wonderful summer round in the, in, in the British Isles and, you know, right there in, in England where you get four straight days of sun and, and gentle breezes. No, no teeth whatsoever. And, and they are at a, you know, tried with some pin placements on Saturday, but really the entirety of the defense of these golf courses in the, in the open championship rota, is the conditions, the weather, and we just didn't get any weather. So that I don't want to give the impression that I'm taking anything away from the incredible achievement. It's just we didn't get any of that chaos, the open championship chaos that we kind of crave, which is fine. It's still fine. Even still, the top three guys in this tournament at the end of the day were the top three best ball strikers in the tournament. And there were, I mean, Colin's approach shot on 17 was nifty where he left it about 30 yards short and ran it up. I mean, they still, when, when the conditions were, were easy like that, you knew that the leaderboard might be a little more bunched, that the scores would be a little bit higher, but I still think these three guys distinguished themselves with their ball striking and the sort of creative shot making that they still even had to make on this course versus if they were playing TPC Sawgrass. And that's the brilliance of Colin Morikawa to be, to be just, you know, frank about it, right? Like we know uh, all about his ball striking skill. Every time there's a major, we talk about, you know, what kind of, of opportunity for ball strikers is there. We're always emphasizing um, the, the, the importance of second shots into these courses and, it appears he's the best. Yes, he is the best. And it did not 
he was completely unfazed. He figured it out in, in the course of one tournament, the Scottish Open, what he needed to do. Your point about the uh, you know the thirty yards that he, that he left it short on seventeen deliberately because he's right. already dialed into the strategy of of the correct way to play this uh, this 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 venue and, and this style of golf. Look, I mean, he, he he's wired for it. He's here for it. He's our chair. He's the guy that we've been kind of begging for. I think him and John Rahm are we are we lining up? And I'll put it in the form of a question: Is this? Do we are we going to get a rivalry out of these two? I think what's maddening about golf, and in particular betting on golf right now, is there's so many guys. This guy was forty to one coming in, and we forgot he won a major and he's won a tournament this year. Like there are so many guys who. I, you just almost have to throw momentum out the window at this point. There's guys who are so damn good that with one minor swing adjustment or putting a few irons uh, with different loft and flight in the bag suddenly can go from like DFL at the Scottish Open post cut to winning the British the next week. I, why did I mean, he's here's what we'll say when JT won the players and he was at 20 to one, we said, never again are we going to let him go down to those odds without putting a little something on him. So what's our Colin Morikawa rule now? Bet him in every major. I mean, you have to. Well, the problem is now, though, of course, is you'll we'll never get these odds again. He will not right. be higher than 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 twenty two. We at, fucked at, up. At, right? We fucked up. I mean, it just should have been a Morikawa rule after he went out and won in his debut at the PGA Championship. You just put something down, something that you're comfortable with. 50, 20 bucks, fifty bucks, whatever it is every single time he's in a major because he's got that game. He is that guy. Yes. Yes. And I was ready to buy into the theory that we floated, which was that he didn't really win a real major because he didn't have the pressure of the fans and the crowd and the fucking whoopee cushions that, that Usays and, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that they had to back off for and stuff. But they're the, they're the most smart. They're the smartest fans. They're the most sophisticated fans. The, Nathan. the smartest, the Nathaniel. smartest at making, they're the most smartest at making <laughs> fart noises. Yeah. It, it, but, but, uh, but I was ready to believe that maybe the pressure in a moment was going to get to him, especially because his Achilles heel has been, those putts inside of six feet that he seems to really struggle with the confidence on. It reminds you of the guy who finished second in Jordan Spieth, who did have problems with those short ones this week. But Morikawa now, now he's starting to look like a little bit of a superhero because if the pressure isn't going to phase him coming up that, you know, th th those long strides up 18, which, you know, by then the tournament was won. But my point is when there are a lot of fans at a tournament you haven't played before, and you got the best players in the world in the moment nipping at your heels and you're really just unfazed. Like you got to take pressure off the table for this guy. Now it's just, he can win any week. Well, one of the things I want to give a shout out to our homies over at the fried egg, the shotgun start boys, uh, Andy Johnson and Brendan Porath. They were uh, on the Twitters and I think it was Andy repeatedly making the point about the green speeds in particular, when the green speeds are slower like they were, and they typically are um, for the Open Championship. It allows for more room in terms of of creative pin placement and, and other. I love seeing the guys be able to bang the ball at the hole, and it is a testament to Morikawa to be able to 
you know, walk into a venue like this with, you know, the, o- the only, you've mentioned it a couple times now, the only sort of flaw in his game is his putting stroke. And he immediately, no three putts today. So I think he's a, he's, he's, he got used to the speed and came up with, you know, a, a, a way to, to make the it work. Saw grip did it for the, the something, something for sure. So, uh, let's, let's talk about some other folks. We touched on, yeah. on Rom, um, do, do we, I guess we have to talk we, about Bry- Bryson we did and Brooks, speak, don't we? Well, we do. I mean, of course. So Brooks yeah. uh, damn near 65'd his way into a, a backdoor top five. He ended up sixth, solo sixth, because Dylan Fratelli birdied. Uh, I think he birdied 17. But Dylan Fratelli's birdie at the end kept uh, Brooksy from a backdoor top five, which I have some a friends. A top are, 10 Tony top five. Yeah, yeah I've, I've got some friends who are disappointed. They might have put a little something on Brooks for a top five at some reasonable odds this morning. I was not one of them, but... But he never threatened in this tournament. His his day was Saturday. This is the thing. I woke up Saturday morning. I looked at the board. I looked at where guys were. I uh, observed the weather. And I was like, here are a couple guys that I just think, you know, they have the pedigree. They have the major experience. Dustin Johnson in particular had the the experience at this venue. Which one? Why isn't it a, a decent bet to go ahead and sprinkle a little something on Brooksy and a little something on DJ to go out and boat race Saturday? And they went in the absolute opposite yeah, you direction. I guess I did. I, I don't feel responsible, but. I, I feel you're responsible. Brooks especially sucked Saturday. Yeah, I mean, they, again, Brooks T6, DJ T8, and they weren't really factors in this tournament. They just weren't. And, and that's not a knock, but, but yeah, okay, Bryson also, speaking of 65s, uh, a tree fell in the woods this morning, and it was Bryson DeChambeau uh, shooting a 65. Well, let's. I want to. I want to hit pause on that for a second. Um, well, because we we are going to do a full dive on on Bryson. We have not convened since the great equipment debacle of of 2021. The ongoing uh, Bryson, the Bryson saga. Uh, and really, I like I'm I'm almost sick now of doing the psychobabble as it relates to him. Yeah, but we we're, all yeah. we do is we get have in the to. goddamn therapist chair and try and make sense out of this brother. But the yeah. 65 today, the thing that caught my interest, my curiosity, I was I was you know piqued my interest here. Does the 65 suggest to you, Nathan Hubbard, that the artistry required for success? in this kind of venue, in this kind of setting, that maybe something clicked for, for Beefy Bryson? No, because of what <laughs> you said earlier. Flat out no. Because the defen- no. No, the defenses were down, like you said. He didn't actually have to perform exquisitely to shoot a 65 today. So that you would say, and I don't want to put words, words in your mouth, but I'll put it in the form of a question. Would you say that the 65 today is the result of him acclimating He's been in the, at the venue for a week. He's an extraordinary golfer. Absolutely, yes. positively, top 10 in the world. Is borne out by everything. He's good at golf. No. And so he, it was the same conditions over four days. And on the fourth day, his diagnostic worked and he went out and, and took care of business. Is that what yeah, you're I mean, saying? No, I, I don't even think he learned anything. He was playing with Ches Reevy on an early morning tea time. He was going to be done before the leaders even teed off. All of the pressure and focus that had been on him in the week leading up to it, and then after the my driver sucks comment, dissipated and disappeared. 
And he was just by himself on a golf course playing for something that didn't really matter. There was no chance he was going to get into the top 10. So he was playing for a little bit of money with all of that pressure and, and spotlight off him. Like you said, he's good at golf. And if he's hitting the ball relatively straight ish on a course whose defenses are down, Bryson DeChambeau can make five birdie putts, which is what he did. And, and no bogeys. I'm not moved by this round at all. I, You're no, not convinced I, I, that he's figured out Lynx golf. No, more than ever, it tells me that all of this shit is not serving him. And it's not serving Bryson or Brooks either. They're, they're, they're making a circus. And, you know, then they're figuring out that, you know, what happens at the end of a circus, there's a lot of elephant shit that has to get cleaned up and you can't, you can't do it without the elephant shit. Well, the elephant shit for these two guys is it's a distraction to them being arguably two of the top five golfers in the world. They did not perform as well this year in the big moments as they ought to have. And I cannot believe that all of this drama isn't contributing to it in some way. Okay. Well, he, he, he ended up tied for 33rd, by far his best Meh. performance in uh, and, and, and a links competition, by far his best performance at the Open Championship. The 65 today, I'm, I want to be more generous. I want to... to you know, build off the idea that, you know, he's he's learning something like the robot is taking information and data in and then the robot is processing it. And then the robot is, is you know, trying to uh, adapt. It's, it's a type of artificial intelligence inside of that head. But we continue and we'll do this just for the two minutes uh, is all I can I can muster. The emotional intelligence remains as dumb donkeyish as, as, ever. as out of reach as ever. The funny thing to me, and this is part of the ongoing conversation we've been having with Bryson, is if he had simply said, I sucked with driver today, I'm having a hard time figuring out driver. I'm not sure that I should have been hitting driver in some of those places. I'm not comfortable with the face and maybe that I should not have been attempting to be so aggressive. If he'd just done it in that manner, which honest to God felt like what he was intending to communicate to say in some, in, in some form or fashion. Now he also was, was frustrated by the equipment. There's no two ways about it, but if he, he just had like that instinct to talk about it in terms of, of his own performance, as opposed to, this recurring phenomena of him talking about other things outside, uh, uh, having some kind of outsized impact on on his performance. That it's bad luck, like he talked about at the Open Champion uh, at, the, at the U.S. Open, and you know that that there are these outside forces that are conspiring to keep him from right. being the best version of himself. When it's really just you, bro. It's yes. just you, buddy. It's just you and your decision making and the clubs that you select and the shots that you attempt to pull off. And at the end of the day, just own it. That's all we're asking, right? That's it. That's why we know that there's a troubling fragility there because you got to step up and take accountability for your performance. And Bryson is always looking to deflect. Now, there is some crazy, like, it's never my fault. I'm a great golfer no matter what like idea that you've got to have to be a good golfer. But like Tiger would be crazy in that way and believing that he was going to be awesome with the next swing. But he also took accountability. He didn't blame other people or his equipment when he didn't play well. And that's the difference. And, and so for Bryson, it feels like a weakness 
to hear him unable to, as you say, own it. And until he can do that, I think he's going to have this career that ebbs and flows where he's either great and everything's firing or when it's not, he's just unable to dig himself out. Now, all that said, he finished tied for 33rd in the open. So, I mean, the guy is a great golfer. That's not what we're saying, but it's fun to talk about because he is elite and at times is the only guy amongst this pack of people who we can't figure out who to fucking bet on week in, week out, because they're all so damn good. But he's the only guy who you could actually see fully separating himself from the pack if he unlocks the mental component that seems to hold him back, because his physical skills are that are that much distinguished from a lot of his peers. So that's a, a great observation. And on that note, the one thing that we felt very strong about, and this is was particularly true in the conversation earlier last week with Kevin Van Valkenburg, Bryson is not wired to be successful at in, in Lynx golf. And hmm. we went through all of the reasons why, and, and we, we, you know, in, in the same way that at least to me, um, he has not yet unlocked the key the, to, to Augusta. That yeah. these these venues that the require art. Said the, art, the art, exactly right. Like you, you That's can't. Been your message. You can't run the data machine on these joints. Some of it's gonna gonna have to be feel. And in that respect, because we were all so confident uh, that the, all of my best wins this week, betting wise, I bet him to not finish in the top ten. I bet him to not mm. finish in the top twenty, and I bet him to miss the cut, which was at almost three to one odds. Um, yeah, it was close. And, and, he almost yeah, won. He made a, a, a eight or nine footer for par on eighteen to make the cut on the number. Has, don't forget what's around the corner, which is that Green's books aren't going to be around right? Anywhere. Not just not Augusta. Like, he's not going to be able to use them next year. And I think that's going to be a bigger adjustment than he'll ever let on. We can't really take anything that he says in a press conference anymore as absolute fact. I mean, he says interesting things when you really get him and a little bit of that guard down talking about his swing and his game. You can learn from it. But anything that he sort of says about how he's going to do or how things affect him psychologically, you just throw out the window because it's bullshit. It's a facade at this point. I think I think he's going to have a struggle between now and the next time we see him in a major. Uh, we're, we are going to see him at the Olympics, uh, God willing. I'm knocking on wood because... Yeah. I mean, well, the the Olympics is is right around the corner, and um, <laughs> yeah, it, we're it, not sure. Well, I mean, right, exactly. There is all kinds of COVID concerns going on out there, but he has qualified, and he said that he's he intends to go. And part of what I'm particularly curious about and interested in seeing is this will be like the first team kind of opportunity with this version of, of Bryson, right? The version of Bryson that was really invented in the off season of 2020 during the pandemic period between March and May of 2020, the reinvented Bryson. This will be the first time these Olympics that we get to see him where there should be some, some camaraderie. There should be some, now the guys are, the, the competition is so stupid. I mean, God forbid the Olympics, you know, figure out a way to have countries compete with some kind of right. team component. It's so stupid, right. but it's an individual medal kind of competition. And yet you are still there representing your country. Yeah. Uh, again, God willing, he'll walk out in the uniform. He'll be with Xander and with JT. And who's the fourth? It's Colin, right? Oh, it is. It's Colin Morikawa. God, how, how could I possibly forget? Um, 
And so... By the way, JT needled him a little bit this week over the driver comment on Instagram. He dropped a, a little response uh, about the scientist. So, and, w- and what did he say? He, he just said, you'd think the scientist could figure it out. <laughs> well, so it must be the case, right? That that... Because he... They know they're going to see each other. They know that they're, you know, going to be teammates. And this this Olympics is going to be the first time for them to get a little bit of extended time together. And then it is building towards the Ryder Cup. It's easy to take those cheap shots at Bryson because everybody's so focused on the Brooks stuff that <laughs> these other guys can get a few sucker punches in. in at the yeah. bottom of the pile. <laughs> and he, he doesn't even know where they're coming from. He doesn't from. even know he's he, getting hit. He, no, he, no. He's big enough that he doesn't even care. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, so we, we do have some intrigue on the golf calendar with um, we have a that, lot. that coming up. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed power or style ebay motors has you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you will always find exactly what you're looking for and with ebay guaranteed fit your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. On May 10th, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. What a wonderful day! This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. They stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. We mentioned some guys that disappointed us. Uh, who have we not mentioned thus far that was the biggest disappointment well, to you? Well, I mean, besides Phil finishing DFL. Uh, <laughs> that wasn't a disappointment. That's just Phil no. being Phil, isn't it? Yeah, I think I think it is. I think you're exactly right. But we, we saw that coming from a mile yeah. away, I think. Uh, we, we at least got that one right. Uh, Rory continues to befuddle. Right, he had an okay first day, uh, but he just wasn't able to pull it together. Just too many mistakes. I mean, the guy had a lot of bogeys this week. <laughs> he just made a lot of bogeys. There was like a 15 minute period uh, Saturday where I started getting some Rory buzzes, you know, on the on the on the phone. It's like, oh, R- R- is Rory a signs of life? Four for Rory? under through nine. He was four yeah. under through nine, and then he just drops three bogeys on the back, and it's totally over. And uh, yeah, you just want more from him. It just, you know, even even when he started the day, you know, listen, even par in his first round and you think, all right, he's back, but he'd made four birdies and, you know, but then he starts his second round on Friday with two consecutive bogeys and you know he's out of the tournament at that point. Nobody's coming back from plus two when the guys were, were running up into the, into the high single digits under par. I honestly think we, it's fine to just say this is the Rory normal. 
Like he might go to venues where he's had um, tremendous success in the past and go out and burn them down like he did at Quail Hollow. But for yeah. the most part, like we just need to be prepared to satisfy ourselves with anything between 10th and 40th when it comes yeah. to, to important events until he, he demonstrates to us that he's, he's got it all back together and that he's going to put together a string the way that Jordan Spieth really has. I mean, the I, I loved that interview uh, afterwards with uh, Kara, whatever her last name is these days. Um, thanks. Yeah. Thanks. And he, he talked about how like the, 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 the overall speaking of emotional intelligence, like all the cobwebs are clear now. Like he's, he's back in possession of yeah. his game and we just have no indication other than what Rory did for, for four days at Quail Hollow that Rory is in that same boat. Uh, he, he's not. Yeah, uh, We love him. We want to see it back. He's just not playing good enough golf. Is it weird that there's a couple of Canadians finishing in the top 10 of majors all the time? <laughs> Between... Well, Corey Connors is, is effing good. I mean, the ball striking <laughs> is, is there. He keeps doing it. I mean, if, if you have that class of ball striking, it's, you, you're going to be there. That it's, it's, yeah. you, it's just the, the nature of the game and where we are at the moment, I think. Right. Yeah. It's nice to see those guys. Maybe, maybe uh, you know, maybe we'll get a Canadian uh, major winner again. And, Mike, we, you know, Mike, we awaits. I don't want to. Uh, I'm right on the the edge as to whether or not I'm going to bash NBC very much. It was driving me absolutely nuts yesterday. Come on, if we publish our text thread, <laughs> yes, you, you just well, speak the truth, my man. Well, I'm going to just talk about Dan Hicks. You know, acting like it was a revelation that the South Africans are fucking good at golf. I mean, I don't, I don't have to f bomb it, but like, yeah, Dan, um, we've been talking about this for nearly four months now because they they continue. You know, we've been looking for a kind of profile for success, and this is the thing I'm interested in, and and I want to keep an eye on this. Me and you, here's what I'm asking. I think we're not that far away from the point, and maybe we're there. I'm interested in your your reaction to this, where because of all of the analytics that are going into this and the heightened interests and, and the gambling, that the golf community now is so much smarter than it was maybe, you know, like two two years ago. And to hear these dumbasses come on these broadcasts and basically share information as though they're talking to our parents. And this is right. a golf tournament that's on at like, you know, uh, seven in the morning. And I'm sitting there watching it at eight 30 in the morning on a Saturday. And I know that everybody else that's, that's watching it is like the people that we follow on golf Twitter. The, they're smart people. They're engaged people. They're people that are devoted to this. And these assholes are on these broadcasts giving us the worst kind of lowest common denominator observations. Oh, look at the picnic tables. They're having fish and chips. You, you, I mean, I, I'm going to stop cursing, but I, I just no, felt you so insulted. I just felt so insulted by so much of it. Like they, they need to start ratcheting up the quality of the research, the quality of the analysis and start talking to us in a way that we're entitled to because we are mother effing smart and much smarter than, than we used to be. And and I'm, you know, there is a, a ton of very smart people tracking these these trends in a way that's so far superior to what these the pablum that these assholes are feeding us. So I'll get off my soapbox right now. But I the the, the qu question for you is, you know, 
have we reached the point where all of us watching the consuming public are, are so far ahead of the dummies doing the broadcasting that, you know, am I right to be indignant about this or no? You are. And you did not even mention the fact that we watched 75% of the shots from a goddamn blimp. I mean, we probably would have seen it better if we'd gotten in a small plane and flown over the southern coast of England because tons of these shots were from above, which are cool as a as a sort of um, sidecar counter shot to the one where we can actually see the undulation on the fairways and the approaches. Like, I, I got so little from the ground view of a course that is interesting because of what it looks like from the ground. Not to mention... We almost never got a distance unless we overheard a caddy conversation. We never got a distance on putts. Like, it, just give me some basics so I know what we're looking at. I liked the 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 shot of the lie that they would sort of superimpose split screen with the guys going. That was a nice little innovation. It's it's sad that that no one in American television has thought about that. But could we please see the golf course in a different way next year? This was. It, it was like a seascape. I don't know. So we were supposed I, to just hold our nose and accept the fact yeah. that it was a limited, you know, they weren't going to be able to do the bells and whistles because of the the, the COVID considerations and the restrictions in place. I am just Look, telling I, you, the, that's what the, they asked the us to do. The stands were full. I, I, I know. Just, it, it just, I mean, it's bad enough to have guys sitting in Connecticut commenting on, I mean, it was like you and me going into a green room, except with information from 2010 and no data. So that's it. That's the point that I'm making. And that's the point that's frustrating me. And I, I honestly think we're not that far away um, just in general. And you're um, closer to this than me because you're the tech guy. You understand how this is possible. We're not that far away from like an alternative broadcast. We're not the rest even of close. Us, yeah. The rest of us are just going to start listening to people that we want to listen to on this stuff and just put TV on in the background. That's like when my dad, yeah, my dad used to listen to Sonny and Sam on the radio watching the football games instead of listening to the telecast, right? Yeah, yes. So we're, we're, we're getting close. Maybe it'll be us. We'll go in a green room. Well, actually, I don't, that's too much pressure. I'm not good, good enough, but you know, there's, there will be people. Pat Mayo would be fantastic. Put Pat Mayo you know, if he wants to open up a green room and broadcast for three hours, I'll listen to the to to him for a final round the whole way through. Him and Rick, Anybody. And Rick Gaiman. I mean, come on. Anyway, uh, enough enough for the rants. I need to give a shout out to an entirely different golf championship that occurred this weekend. The USGA hosted the Girls National, which is eighteen and under, here in the United States of America. It was Columbia at the Columbia Country Club, Country Club here in Chevy Chase, uh, Maryland. It was spectacular. The number one uh, amateur woman in the world, Rose Zhang, won um, with a dominant performance, including a 62 in stroke play that is wow. a course record. And uh, she has, Rose has nothing but like the very best things uh, in her future, there is there was some chatter today uh, about whether or not we'll even see. She's headed to Stanford, uh, where um, the 17 year old who placed very highly in the in the U.S. Women's Open, uh, Megagana, is also headed. And there is some conjecture, like maybe Rose is just going to skip Stanford, or maybe Stanford will get a year. It's like a question of how many more. Uh, titles Rose wants to take down, but she now holds, she is currently the solo 
possessor of the U.S. Women's Amateur title championship and the U.S. uh, Girls Championship because as a 17-year-old last year, she won the U.S. Women's Amateur and she will be defending that at Westchester Country Club in about five weeks. Uh, Hmm. A dominant performance. Uh, The Golf Channel did a great job. Um, And I also have to give a shout out to Bailey Davis, a local girl here from... White Plains, I think, or Owings Mill, up up towards uh, Baltimore here in up Maryland. Up the Maryland way. Yeah, yep. Mar- up the Maryland way. African-American woman headed to Tennessee. She was ranked 950th in the world and then came here down, down to Columbia and put on an unbelievable performance. Um, she is, she's got nothing but, but greatness in front of her. So, so shout out to both of those young ladies. They did an awesome job and it was a super cool championship to watch. Sounds like they did more from the fairway than I did in high school when we used to break into Columbia and drink at night <laughs> on the weekends. Sounds like they made much better use I of it. I think they made better use of it. I think that's 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 exactly right. Uh okay, well look, let's let's put a bow on it. Anything else from this open championship that you think we need to cover? No. Shout out James Hahn for almost shooting 59 in Kentucky yesterday. That was fun to watch. We're, we're taping this right after the open championship. So Homeless Hubs has a round in front of him where, you know, he he's he's been, he's been uh Doing some some good work out there. Um, doing some work. We need a little, more work. a little more. But look, you know, this this uh, at the Barbasol uh, down at Keen's Trace. I would love it. I no no disrespect to Barbasol, a perfectly wonderful shave cream. But like this is at, at, at Keen's Trace. Like the Buffalo Distillery, Buffalo Trace Distillery is down there. That that's like Pappy. That's you know Eagle Rare. All of these great bourbons. Let's really embrace the brown liquor somehow or another with, with this event. That that would be my only suggestion. There was a big tasting for all the players who were down there. And uh, it seems like a few of them tried it a little too much on, on Friday and Saturday. We, so. we weren't invited. So, I mean, no. you know, as far as Not I'm yet. concerned, it didn't happen. So, we would have so. rather been at the Open and and perhaps next year when uh, it's easier to travel. That's, that's what's going to be great. It was great to see the fans out. Colin was very gracious in his, even if he mislabeled himself and the championship, he was very gracious in his recognition of the fans. There, there was some craziness out there that didn't totally come across on the broadcast. You saw Terrell Hatton flicking people off. You saw John Rahm pointing out people in the in the crowds. You heard the whoopee cushion on seventeen or eighteen today, but uh, but they handled themselves well, and it brought an energy and life back to that tournament, uh, it finally being back. And I'm just excited for, for, for the next major, which is going to be a long ways away. I know. But hopefully if everybody takes care of their own, we're going to be full free and open and uh, have all the fans packed in so we can really see what these guys do under pressure. That's right. Well, we just finished. So that means the fairway Roland Doe leaderboard series for 2021 is done. I'll have to check the tabulations with the good people at FanDuel. How'd your lineup end up doing, Nate Dog? Fuck you, Thomas Dietrich. Oh, God. Well, how about, I mean, here's two guys. You you just mentioned Tyrrell Hatton. Two guys that are never, ever. I mean, I'm just, uh, this is it. Like, I'm, I'm very petty in oh, this I'm respect. Out. Yeah. Tyrrell Hatton and Mark Leishman can can uh, get in, in, into a get position lost. with each other and, and, you know, enjoy each other's company in an intimate way forever as far as I'm concerned because they ain't getting no love from me anymore that that I've I've had it uh with 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 both of them but it was a, a wonderful fairway roll and doe leaderboard series I have to I didn't get a chance to check Kev Clark's uh lineup to see where he ended up I did have speed on on my team I had Paul Casey yeah. on my team but yeah, I did uh, too you know that, that those 
we had some some decent instincts, some decent performers out there, but you can't have a miscut if you uh, are going to perform well at this. But we will tabulate the results. There's going to be another blue jacket handed out. There's some cash that definitely went out today. So shout out to those winners. We will give the proper shout outs on the next no doubt. fairway rolling, which should be in, in, in a couple of weeks. Nate Dog, between now and then, try and play some golf, buddy. I'm on it. Okay. There we go, my birdie buddies, my eagle enthusiasts, my par-saving pals. We will be back uh, right around the corner. Until that time, all the rest of you out there, please hit them straight.